Today's message coming out of Luke chapter 14 really has something to do with uh, the way these last couple of weeks have been and, and kind of I think where we are as the body of Christ and, and, and what God's calling us to <clears throat> and, and some of the things that he wants us to understand. You know, it's really good to learn academically. You know, to sit in a class or let's say sit in a, a worship center like this and, and hear the Word of God, hear from the Word of God, to be able to hear the concepts and, and the lessons and the outlines and, and kind of the, the progression of what it is that God wants us to understand and wants us to learn. That's a good thing. I spent uh, 21 years in school sitting in classes, uh, some of it my own fault, because I didn't do some of those years where I was supposed to be doing them. But sitting in class, sitting in a learning setting, in a learning structure with, with concepts and ideas, uh, being presented that we can, that we can take and, and, and sort of incorporate and learn is a good thing. And yet, there, there, in my life anyway, I'm not going to blame this on y'all, but in my life, some of the greatest lessons I learn happen outside of this sort of academic sort of learning setting. When I find myself in a situation and say, oh my, here you go, you ready for this word or this sentence? What have I gotten myself into? Right? That we find ourselves in a, in a life situation where we have to learn kind of on the fly. And, and suddenly we start to remember things that we may have heard or, or listened to kind of academically. And we start to have to incorporate those things in the moment, in the now. And to be able to understand, okay, God, this is what you were talking about. Luke 14. Verses 25 to 35, I'm going to be honest, as I've read the Gospels over the years and everything, I think this is one of the strongest. Everything Jesus teaches is important, okay? But I think this is one of the lessons that particularly in the body of Christ, and I'll say in America or Western Christianity, this needs to be paid attention to. Ready? Here we go. Now great crowds were traveling with him. So he turned and said to them, all right, so Jesus is traveling, great crowds are following along. So he turns around and goes, right? Turns around. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Okay, what do you think happened to the crowd then? Right? What happened about the time Jesus said, you got to hate mama and daddy? Some of them in the crowd's going, whoa, I, I didn't count on, uh, I'm not doing that, right? You see? For which of you wanting to build a tower doesn't first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, after he's laid the foundation and cannot finish it, all the onlookers will begin to ridicule him, saying, this man started to build and wasn't able to finish. Or what king going to war against another king will not first sit down and decide if he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If not, while the other is still far off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. 
In the same way, therefore, every one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. All right, so now he's gotten to this point, what happens to the remaining crowd? So first of all, you got the first group that said, hate mom and daddy, uh uh-uh. And now he's got crowd there, right? And he says, oh, by the way, you got to renounce everything you have and own. Oh, wait a minute, uh uh-uh. And then the rest of them. Remember a few weeks ago we talked about the, the whole rich man and, and he went away sad, right? Verse 34. Now salt is good. But if salt should lose its taste, how will it be made salty? It isn't fit for the soil or for the manure pile. They throw it out. Let anyone who hears, who has ears, let anyone who has ears to hear, listen. Pray with me, all right? Father, thank you that your word is, is truth. God, as we read these words, as Jesus speaks to crowds, that God, you are speaking to us. And that God, when we consider, consider following you, consider being disciples, Consider what it means to be Jesus' followers, Christians, to be the body of Christ. God, help us to understand. God, help us to hear. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, interestingly enough, I I, I went the first... So, I left Monday two weeks ago, two Mondays ago... Went to mom and dad's house. Spent. I was going to spend three days working in the yard because they. I haven't. They need it. And so uh, I was swinging an axe. Uh, That's not fun. Uh, I'm not used to it. It was painful. Okay. Uh, and and so after Tuesday, man went Tuesday night. I barely could move. But Wednesday morning, I had to get up and keep going more trees to get out of the way. And, and, and honestly, a lot of their property had just grown up. I had planned to work in their yard Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. By 2 o'clock Wednesday afternoon, I could barely move. So you know what I did? I quit. I walked in the house at 2 o'clock on Wednesday afternoon and said, y'all, I'm done. As a matter of fact, instead of leaving Friday morning, I'm leaving Thursday morning. I'm done. So sure enough, I got ready and I left Thursday morning, went to a friend of mine's place up up in, in Lake Norman area. And, uh, and I had planned that for the second part of my being away, I was going to do a lot of hiking. So I'd gotten on the Google Maps and, and, and outlined trails in my area. Y'all know how to do that, right? You know, like Chick-fil-A's in my area. Same thing. Trails in my area. And so I found several places. That I thought, well, that, that place over there's got like 26 miles of trails. And I thought, I can go do some of those. That place over there's got 30 miles of trails. On a map, you can't tell what, you can see the trails, but you have no idea what those trails look like. So Friday, I thought, all right, I'm going to go over here to the Lake Norman State Park. And it was beautiful. 
it was mostly level, like the beach. So you walk the trail, walk the trail. And I did about six, eight miles trail. And I thought, man, that's pretty good. So Tuesday, I thought, I'm going to the Linville Falls Gorge <laughs> and hike those trails. It was not beautiful. I mean, oh, yeah, I was in the mountains the whole time. So, yeah, beautiful fall colors on all the leaves and, and all of that. And, and I'm just not an appreciator of those things. All right. So, yeah, it was all golden and yellow and red and still a little green in there, you know. And anyway, so I walked down this side of Linville Falls and then up that side of Linville Falls and got back to my car. And I was like, okay, I did them all. It's all right. I was on Saturday. Well, I want to tell you this because Saturday afternoon I was trying to decide what I was going to do for Sunday. I wanted to watch, you know, as much as I could what was going on here, and I did that. And, and I was trying to decide where I was going to worship. I wanted to be with the body of Christ while I was time away kind of thing, right? I said, well, there's a little church up here, Berea Baptist Church, right there on 150. I can go there. Called Angie. I said, you know, I could drive over to Pisgah Forest where we moved from, and I could worship with some of the folks there that we know. And Angie said, how far are you from Spartanburg? Google map it real quick. I'm only an hour and a half from Spartanburg. I could go to Spartanburg and hear Dr. Wilton. Right? Now, I told you all about Dr. Wilton a few years ago. One of my mentors, he's been the pastor at First Baptist Spartanburg for 29 years and is retiring. And so I texted him. I said, hey, I'm in the area. I want to come hear you preach. I'm telling you this for a reason, all right? Because God had a plan in me being away. And you're going to be hearing about it for the next decade, so you just get ready. Okay? Don texts me back, and he says, um, he said, come at 9 o'clock, but get here at 8.30 and come to the security desk, and I'll come down and get you. So I get there, and, you know, and sure enough, he comes down, and I go up to the office, and, and I'm walking in with it. And now, this, this is a big old church, right? And so, so I'm walking in with the security people. And, Don, and Dr. Wilton, and we're kind of making our way in, and we have reserved seating on the front row, you know, and we sit down. And I'm telling <laughs> I didn't take anything but blue jeans and sweatpants. <laughs> so on Saturday night, I went to Ross and bought a pair of khaki jeans, right? And so, you know, I get ready to go that morning. I put on my khaki jeans, and I cut off the little dangly tag and, and pull the one out of the back right there. I'm like, all right, good. All right. I at least look like I'm wearing khakis because they're live on television. So I'm sitting there on the front row with Don. Security man's over there. Don's sitting here. <clears throat> and um, he gets up to do the message, and, and, and we're sitting there. And all of a sudden, Rick, the security guy, and he's a big, big guy. He leans over with his phone and he shows me this thing. He says, Rick, tell Bobby, who is sitting beside you, that he sat on a sticker. <laughs> is that not a riot? So I'm going, well, it was that, me it was si uh, waist 30, length 32, and it was stuck to the back of my leg, and the TV cameras are, yeah, and I'm like, oh, man, man, like, yeah. I'm telling you, Dr. Wilton is busy all the time, okay? But I texted him on Saturday, and he said, well, tell you what, why don't you come to the 1030 Genesis worship, and then uh, Karen and I, uh, the three of us will go have lunch together. It's like, 
this is the day before Sunday. How in the world are you? So I stayed the whole morning. I heard him preach twice. We got in the car together. We went to went and got sandwiches and went to his house. And I hung out with one of the guys that had some of the greatest impact in my life from morning to afternoon. And he's retiring, you know. And he's, they're looking at it for a place on the calendar to come next March. So hopefully we'll get him down here. But that kind of set me off into the Monday. Monday, I went back to Lake Norman because it was better than Linville Falls. <laughs> but Tuesday, Tuesday, I went to South Mountain State Park. Am I know it? Never heard of it in my life. Got 30 miles of trails. The key to this place was the word mountains. So I started on a trail. It was a nice gravel trail. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I like this. So, well, that, that, that trail goes off that way. Okay, I'll follow that one. So I went off that one. And then there was one called Possum Trail. Okay, let's take that one. That one's up the side of a mountain, y'all. All right. I was only going to walk about three or four miles because I was sore from the day before because I'd done 10 miles at Lake Norman because it was level and flat and easy. South Mountain State Park was hilly, mountainous. I walked a loop around the ridge. Well, I got up to the ridge, walked the ridge, and then back down to where I'd started. Here's why I'm telling you all this. I had no idea on any of these given days what I was getting into. No idea what it was going to happen throughout the day. No idea what it was going to take. Was it going to be a great day of worship and fellowship with one of my mentors? Or was it going to be a horrendous hike up a mountain, uh, stepping, I mean, climbing rocks and stuff to get to the top of this thing? Trying to figure out, all right, I'm, I'm four miles from my car. There's no way to just... You got to do, you got, you got to finish. What I want you to hear, what I want you to hear me saying today is press on, press on. When God called you to be his child, see, it became about priorities. Is Jesus the Number one, singular, most important priority in your life is following Jesus, the number one, most important priority of your life. When you make decisions in your life, do you think first, what impact is this? in the kingdom of God and Jesus in my life. When you make decisions about choices, actions, attitudes, behaviors, all of those things, do you think first that how does God consider this? What is it that God's considering this to be? What, what, what impact will this have on, on my witness, my relationship, my walk with Jesus? Jesus has got a crowd following him. And he turns around and he says, look, if you don't hate your mom and daddy, your children, your wife, yeah, even your own life, you can't follow me. Hate's a strong word, y'all. Why do you think he used that word? Anybody got an idea? 
I mean, we're told, uh, you know, the gospel of today, the gospel of America, the gospel of, of Western Christianity is, oh, God is love. He doesn't care what we do. <laughs> Sorry, that's an inappropriate response, but that's the correct response. Okay? God is indeed love, but following God means we represent Him. Him in us first. Not ourselves, not our wants, not our desires, not our personalities, not our love languages or our love preferences or our special identities or any, or, 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 or any of the things that, that have taken place in our lives. It's real funny. I, I heard, how many of y'all came to the chili cook-off thing? I saw where Nancy Townsend won, so she got the toilet. It's a passing award. <laughs> I planned that one, y'all, just so you know. She got it. She took it home with her, right? I saw her comment. I'm not even from the South. That's what she said. Well, I didn't know chili was a Southern thing. Uh, I think it was a chuck wagon Western thing, but anyway. Anyhow, uh, yeah, I know where I come from. I know my background. I know who I was raised to be. But folks, when God takes hold of your life, that becomes the priority. And when we dealt with surrender in the, in the, the walking together conversations, surrender is not so much about when you raise your hands up. Surrender is about the posture you take ahead of time. Because when Jesus calls you to something, when you understand Jesus' standards, principles, and expectations, the automatic response of the believer is, I surrender to you, Jesus. I surrender to you. Can I tell y'all something? I had to do a lot of surrendering this week. Yeah, I've explained it like it was all fun and games, hiking, but, but on Tuesday, when I had to attack the mountains of, of South Mountain State Park, I got out of the car and I got 100 yards away from the car and realized I hadn't brought my headphones. I've been listening to some good music, some good messages and some good teaching. And man, I was just really just soaking in all of Jesus in the Bible that I could possibly soak in. And I got 100 yards away from the car and thought, <gasps> my headphones. And then, I, and then I stopped and I went, was that on purpose? Is it just supposed to be me and you today, Jesus? Just me and you. Just a walk on the trails with Jesus. Do you know that's the posture we're supposed to take every morning that we wake up? Just me and you today, Jesus. Just me and you. See, surrender is a posture. You already know that if any challenge or faith sort of conflict comes up, that the surrender is to Jesus. Not to my preferences, not to my wants, not to my desires. 
Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Do you realize Jesus said that before he went to the cross? What was the cross to Jesus and his followers when he said that? It was the means of Roman execution. Jesus just told them, you got to die in order to follow me. I think in some cases that's literal. Certainly spiritual. But what he's saying to us is, is that I've got to be all to you. Which of you going to build a tower? All right. I'm going to build something. Do I have enough to build it? Do I have enough materials? Do I have enough money? Have what I need to build it? Because if I get halfway through it and can't finish it, people ridicule me. Be laughing stock. You know, this is what happens in the body of Christ when people say, oh yes, I'm, I'm a believer, I'm saved, I'm doing it. And people walk away from their faith, their salvation, their whatever. Because what they did was is they didn't just bring some question on their faith. They brought shame on the cause of Christ. Or what king going out to war won't first count How many of the other kings got? 10,000 to 20,000. That's pretty easy math. Let's go ask for peace terms. Right? In the same way, therefore, every one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. I've heard so many messages preached on this passage with the heading. Count the cost. Count the cost. So, what has God asked of us? What is it God wants to see in our lives? Does He wants to? Does He want to see balance? Okay, wait a minute, God. I I, I have to spend this many hours a week in my career. I spend this many hours a week in my hobbies. I spend this much of my money on whatever. Jesus, here's what I got left. Right? You see what I'm getting at, right? Jesus is saying in this passage right here, if you're not giving me your all, you can't follow me. Now, I'm not going to sit here and define it for everybody in here. You know, I could pick out some of you and go, okay, let's talk about yours. Let's talk about, I, I enjoy talking about mine. Folks, I was confronted on the trails of Western North Carolina by Jesus this week. Now, not, not like Paul. There was no bright light. I didn't fall off a horse and, and, and go blind. But God confronted me in my walk with him this week to say, this is what it costs. This is what it takes. So yesterday, hmm, a few weeks ago, there was supposed to be the Real Housewives of Topsail Island bike ride, right? So they asked me, 
Annette Ernie, who sort of founded that whole thing, she asked me, which she'll be here later in the morning probably unless she's wiped out from yesterday. She said, Bobby, would you come do the opening prayer for the bike ride on Saturday? And I was like, what time? She said, 8 o'clock. I was like, sure, all right. Guess what? Opening prayer, 8 o'clock. Got it. I know how to do that. I know what that takes. I know what it'll cost me to be there at 8 o'clock to do the opening prayer. But then I, all full of myself, decided, well, maybe I'll just go ahead and do the bike ride. I'm thinking, what are we going to do? Tool around the block. I still didn't have any idea, so I took my bike. It's raining and windy and nasty yesterday morning. Took my money up there. I registered. Then I overhear this conversation. I said, "How how far are we riding?" And 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 some people, like, twenty miles. I've done that on a bike before. Not a problem. Then I overhear said, "No, we're riding to the St. Regents. It's thirteen point one miles." Into the wind. They didn't say that, but that's what it meant. Okay, I've already given my money. That's what it costs. Got on my bike. I was on a good bike. Kelly and them, they were on mountain bikes. They were struggling. Mine's a street bike, so I got on that thing. Man, I'm pedaling. Y'all, I hadn't rode a bike in, I don't know when. Now, Danny McLamb gave me this particular bike back when I had to quit running because of my knee. He said, well, ride a bike. So he, he bought one at a thrift shop and refurbed it for me and gave it to me. So it's a really, really nice bike. So, man, I'm pedaling. And there's some slow people in front of me. And I was like, hmm, I'm passing. I start passing people. Man, I get a place in, in the bike ride. And, man, I'm pedaling. And the wind blowing. And, and you're around one house. And all of a sudden, you get gusted with the wind. And, and by like seven or eight miles, I was just dying but you know what I said I'm going to do it people say well you can turn around whenever you want to it's like no 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 that's where we're going that's where I'm going I am going to get to that place in this bike ride now used to I could run half marathon I'd go out tomorrow, you know, it was when I was training, I'd just go out, run 13.1 miles and not even basically flinch. Right? Man. I said, you know what? The wind that is my enemy now will be my friend on the way back. I didn't know what I was getting into. I signed up for something. I didn't know how long it was. I signed up for something that I didn't know what it was going to take to get there. I signed up for something that, that, that quite honestly, somewhere later today or tomorrow, I'm not going to be able to walk. <laughs> if not for ibuprofen, somebody else would be preaching right now. But I signed up for it. So I was bound and determined to finish it. I never signed up for a 5K, 10K, half marathon, or marathon that I didn't finish. Everyone over 40 years that I ever signed up for, I finished them. Now, that's probably OCD on my part. 
But the truth is, yesterday when I was like that, when I was coming back down the road, I, I, was, I was talking to God about it. I was like, God, you postponed this whole race three weeks just for this illustration. <laughs> just so I could talk about it on Sunday morning. Just so I could indicate the fact that, guess what, folks? We have, 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 have surrendered to following Jesus. And the value of that surrender is everything we own and the fact that salt is good, but if salt should lose its taste, how will it be made salty? See, salt in that day and time came from the Dead Sea Valley kind of thing. It was dirty salt. We got all this good pure salt, right? Sometimes they'd get salt that was no good. It wasn't good for food, preserving, taste. It, it, it wasn't even good to throw in the yard because then it killed whatever's in the yard. It wasn't even good for the, okay, biblically, manure pile. Okay? They throw it out. Are you following Jesus? Are you surrendered to following Jesus? Has God called you to be His child? Is the world throwing things at you? Is Satan trying to cause you to stumble? This is where I finish. I saw these beautiful decorations online at the hymn night. I was watching the camera for hymn sing night, and I thought, that is so folly. Those are some pretty decorations. This morning I walked in, I thought, there's one thing missing. Anybody notice what I added? Thank you. Mustard. I added the mustard. See it down there? Isn't that pretty down there? What's mustard? Somebody say, what's mustard? It's a condiment. Why do we use mustard? Taste? See, some of you can't even see the mustard. It's right there in the middle. Why do we use mustard? It's a condiment. Taste. We like it. Right? If you use mustard, you got to like that stuff because it's majority vinegar. Where does it come from? There's archaeological evidence that mustard existed all the way back in the Stone Ages, whatever that means. We know it was used in Egypt in food. We know that the Romans mixed it with wine, which kind of makes it similar to what we have today when it's all about vinegar. It's a seed. It became probably the first sort of domesticated crop all the way back in history. But what is it to us? <laughs> it's a condiment. Add it if you want to. Folks, that's the way we've approached following Jesus. Oh, it's good to be a Christian. It's good to know what God expects. Let's add it to our busy lives. We've let Western distractions make Jesus a condiment to our lives. And Jesus should be first, primary, 
singular consideration of everything in our lives. See, if you don't know Jesus this morning, you need Jesus. Just tell you. Maybe you know him. Maybe you got Jesus. Yeah, he's 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 an add-on to my life, to make my life fuller, to make my life meaningful. Or is he everything to you? Because without Jesus, life doesn't matter. Okay? I knew what I was preaching this week. I knew I'd be praying about it all week long. It's all about surrender. Surrender is a posture. And you've got to give up what you think is important to follow Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, we want you to know Jesus. Okay? Pray with me. Father, I thank you for today and the opportunity we have to <clears throat> to simply walk and talk with you. God, that became so real to me this week, just to be able to walk and talk with you and know that, that you're part of the conversation, that, that you engage in the conversation, that, that, that you, you actually initiate the conversation. God, I praise you today. God, I just need to, to know every day that I awaken It's all about you. I need to live it. I need to go ahead and make the surrenders and the commitments and the the cost that everything, every day, all day is about you. That's what Jesus was asking of those who were following him. God, help us to do it. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.